Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today we are back in the Messy Studio audio recording booth and we are talking about collaboration. Uh, now, you gave a talk about this at uh, a conference recently. Right. Um, yeah, I was on a panel uh, a couple weeks ago. I was at the 12th uh, in- Annual International Encaustic Conference in Provincetown, Massachusetts. And I was invited to be on a panel that was kind of about just living your art life, really. But part of it was about collaboration and how you can kind of look beyond your own private studio practice or your own private teaching practice and involve other people. And so I, in that talk, described a couple of collaborative projects, including this podcast, which is one of them. Yeah. So uh, your other collaborations are uh, Squeegee Press and teaching. Right. Um, am I missing anything? Or No, that, that was the three main areas. Um, I started out talking about Squeegee Press, and then I also talked about co-teaching, which I do both with Jerry McLaughlin, my partner at Squeegee Press, and with my friend Janice Mason-Steves. So, and they're you know, separate collaborations. Yeah. Do you find it easier to collaborate with somebody on a, a project where you've already collaborated with that person before and you have a kind of rapport? And- I think so. Yeah. And that's, you know, a big part of any collaboration is building that communication, that trust, um, kind of, and just kind of knowing the other person really well. Like, sure. Um, just establishing workflow habits. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of personality involved. And so it's, um, once you get to know someone well and you know what works between you, it does become easier to take on other projects. So how, I, I guess I know the story of how Squeegee Press got started and these kind of things, but why don't you share with our listeners how uh, how that first launched? Okay, yeah, and, and I think we have shared this in various other places so people may be aware of it, but it basically started with Jerry coming up with the idea that there needed to be a book about cold wax medium and he was using it, but, you know, it's like, where's all the information on this? And there wasn't a really, um, you know, comprehensive book about it. And so he started doing some research online to see what was there. And he came across my name in association with a couple of websites I had started. And just kind of, I was the one that was mostly teaching it at that point and getting the word out. So he decided that he was, he was quite determined that we were going to collaborate <laughs> And it's it's funny because he was a total stranger, you know, and he just sent me this email out of the blue saying, um, hey, I've got an idea. Would you consider it? And we always kind of joke because I was not all that receptive to it. <laughs> I thought, who is this guy and what does he want? And I I had talked about a book with other people at times, but not seriously. I knew that it was time to write one, but I I didn't feel like I wanted to take that on. Yeah, well, and you know, I'm a big fan of the cold call, and yes. uh, <laughs> we've talked about this before. And and, and actually, uh, you know, the the place where I'm working now, that's a business that started because of an entrepreneur who cold called somebody who right? al- yeah who already had a you know a franchise established and said, hey, I'm interested in bringing this into a location where you guys are nowhere near this, but you know, I think it would I know a place where it would do really well, so. And and I think, I mean, I guess I should ask you, but that attitude of cold calling or cold emailing, as Jerry did, I mean, what 
what's kind of the force behind that? What's the what do you want to project when you do that? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Because you have to engage the person. They, I mean, he did very well, but I was still a bit resistant. Yeah, um, I, I think you have to have an idea in mind of what you want. You know, you can't just be calling somebody up and saying, what can you do for me? You have to be saying, here's what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that or or here's what we can do together or here's what we can do together. Yeah, uh, you, you have to have an idea in mind. You have to have a vision. Um it's real hard to get somebody's attention if you don't have some kind of plan. Yeah, specific things. Yeah, and even yeah. then it can be difficult to kind of make everything work. Mm-hmm. But uh, And you have to accept that, that, that you know, that it may not work, but yeah, uh, I, th- I think it starts with just kind of reaching out and saying, very, hey, uh, I have this vision, I have this plan, you know, together we can make this happen. Right, and there's a there's a real positivity behind that. And I think, you know, when Jerry approached me, it was, you know, I could tell that he was just a positive person who had this idea, and he had more specifics than other people. When I had talked to other people about the book in the past, it was very vague and, you know, just kind of, oh, we could or we could or we could, but it never got specific. And he did approach me with some pretty solid ideas. And even when I was a little like, well, my my response really was, hey, sounds okay, but I don't have time for this now. Let's do it some vague time in the future. I, I think it's really important to have a, a vision of what you want. And this is something that artists should be good at, mm-hmm. you know, visualizing the outcome that you want and then seeing how all the pieces can come together to make that mm-hmm. happen. And even if things don't come together quite the way you think they're going to, which they never actually do, uh, Usually you can get to an outcome that's that's good or maybe even better than what you originally planned. And I would say almost always better. And yeah. Because, you know, there's a thing that happens in collaboration, whether you're working on something to do with your art or some other thing. It's I, I think of it almost like a third entity that arises. Yeah. <laughs> that is the spirit of the collaboration that it does take you beyond yourself and your own limitations, which we all have. And it challenges you in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, what Jerry was presenting me with was quite a personal challenge. You know, are you going to step outside what you think you can accomplish? Because I was very busy at the time. And and let, let's talk about this other thing that we could be doing. And he, he made it clear from the start that he was willing to do the heavier burden of the work. And and that is... Well, that always helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it was a very good situation because he... He needed my input, my knowledge, my name, etc., because he wasn't a well-known artist at the time. He's getting to be now for sure. So, but at the time he was he was starting out with cold wax. He didn't have those years of experience. And so um he knew he needed me and and I thought, well, here's someone with a lot of energy and expertise in writing and things. He was he was good at that. And um Let's so anyway. Gradually, I opened up to it, and I also understood that in terms of vision, that we had a similar vision, because I never wanted to write just a how-to book, and what he's telling me, he wanted to write was not a how-to book either. I mean, that's included in the book, but we both wanted it to be more interesting and go beyond just how and into why and things like that. So, sure. So yeah. So anyway, he 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 was persistent, which is another thing that helps. Not pushy. Not 
aggressive, but just said, hey, how about if we meet up sometime? And he was in California and I was in Wisconsin. <laughs> and I said, mm, okay. And I was absolutely floored when he said he was coming to Wisconsin to meet me. <laughs> I really was surprised, but that's that was important. And it worked out because once we got to talking, it was very good. So uh, what about co-teaching? When did that um, come into play? Well, I have, I co-taught about three years ago in Sweden with my friend Jan Mason Steves. And that came about because we both decided um, we wanted to do this artist residency in Northern Sweden. And we realized that we could do a workshop at the same time while we were there. And that would be interesting. So we just had some trouble figuring out how to actually collaborate. And I think that's, it was an interesting process because her way of introducing cold wax to people was different than mine. And she was much more about um, the visual elements and composition and color. And by the way, we're using cold wax to do this. And I was all about cold wax itself, the techniques, and not very, hardly touching on the visual elements. And so when we realized all this, we thought, well, let's, let's just split it up. And I started with the techniques and then she came in with the visual elements and it later in the week, we each had three days. And I would say it sounded really good. It looked good on paper, but we both felt it was a little, it wasn't quite gelling, you know, it was too disjointed. Uh, so we weren't totally happy with that, but it was a start. And sometimes you start with something that isn't isn't really going to work. Another time way in the past, I co-taught with Shauna Moore and we did one day of hot wax, one day of cold wax, and one day of either one, whatever people preferred. And again, it was it was a bit disjointed. It was too much in one short time. Yeah, it can be difficult to figure out how everybody fits together in a collaboration. Right. So you want it to mesh, you want it to flow, you want you don't want the people, like in this case, students, to feel that there's uh, some kind of disjointedness to it. It should feel like a complete presentation. And so we, ha we have plans now to co-teach again. And I think what we realized was we need something new. Like we can't necessarily mesh our old ways together in a way that will work. So I, it seems like in your collaborations, you've uh, collaborated both with people who you're kind of meeting for the first time and you're new to them and with people who you're friends with and you've known for a longer period of time. And with somebody I've known for mm, almost 29 years now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think works best? Well, you know, I, and I did, uh, I did talk about this in my, in the panel because I think people may start out with an idea that a collaborator should be a friend, somebody, you know, but it doesn't have to be. And I think what's more important is the personality combination. So I've worked with a total stranger, Jerry was at first, a very dear friend, Jan, and my son, you. And I'd say each one is quite different, but I think the qualities of what you look for in a collaborator are, it doesn't matter uh, where the person is coming from in other ways. So you want somebody who's who's flexible, who can you know, that you can shoot ideas around with that people, the other person doesn't get hurt. If you say, I'm not so sure I like that idea. And on your part to be very open. And mm -hmm. that is really hard. I think that is, that is a big challenge with collaboration. And I, I noticed it, especially in teaching because teaching when, when we teach workshops, you know, we've really built up, we built up 
our teaching schedule, our agenda, what we teach. We built up the loyalty of our students. And it's all kind of based on who we are and how we teach. And so it's kind of, it's a big ego thing in a way. I mean, that you build your teaching practice based on who you are and how you project things. And so when you start to collaborate with someone, you find yourself in the uncomfortable position of saying, um, okay, we're, we're coming at this in different ways. So how can we, how can I sometimes say to you, okay, let's do it your way. And how can you sometimes say the same thing to me without running roughshod over someone? Yeah. And I, in my own collaborations, I've collaborated obviously with you on this podcast. I've also started a business with a friend who I've known for a decade or more. And I've also worked with people who I barely know. And, uh, in my experience, the people who you're who you're working with, who are close to you, um, a lot of times that gives you a little bit more flexibility in your ability to communicate with them if things are not quite right, you know. Um, and you can maybe mm. push those boundaries a little bit further, mm. but you can also run the risk of pushing those boundaries too far and messing up a relationship with somebody who's important to you. Right. And so it's it's a, it's a balancing act either way. Yeah, I can see the pros and cons of working with relative strangers and working with people you know very well. And uh, I mean, it all gets down to trying to have some ground rules, trying to understand the other person. And, and sometimes I think, I, I started to say with us co-teaching with Jan that we... We hit on this idea, well, maybe we just need to do something new. Like, we're not going to try to take our old ideas and make them mesh somehow. And what we decided to do was to ditch the cold wax medium and just use um, water-based media and drawing media, which is something we both enjoy anyway. And I, I've never actually had a class that really, really focused on that. So that was exciting, and she hadn't either. So that's kind of a challenge, a new thing for both of us. Mm-hmm. And then um, the topic or the agenda, we, we wanted to focus on experiencing the place places that we go. And the first one is in Spain in September. And we developed exercises to get the students involved with their surroundings and be open and then interpret them in their abstract work. And so it was all exciting to come up with this stuff and it was all new. And so we're very excited about doing it. Whereas I think when you're bringing in a lot of baggage that you're kind of st- like, oh, this is the way I do it, you know, I mean, it's, it becomes difficult. And yeah. so I, I think there's an energy in coming up with something entirely new. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we did with the podcast. I mean, I've never podcasted before and you have listened to lots of podcasts, I guess, but hadn't yeah. produced any. Well, and I had I had produced audiobooks, and I had done a little bit of work in podcasting, uh, but nothing quite like this. Right. Um, and so this was a big undertaking. And, uh, you know, in terms of like the start of the Messy Studio podcast, um, I think uh, it's important to touch on, um, in terms of our kind of origin story, uh, another topic, which is how many people can you realistically collaborate with? Uh. Um, you know, when uh, when we started this, um, we were considering a project with another person, but long story short, it didn't really work out, the three of us working together. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you two to be able to work together, and it uh, it seemed to me like it was important that we have our own thing, yeah. you know? And I was... I was uh, I really wanted to have a project that I could work on with you yeah. because I have this amazing person in my life who is successful. I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah. 
But it, it was it was very important to me that we could work together in a professional way mm-hmm. um, because not many people have that opportunity to work with somebody, you know, in their life who has a, a kind of impact already. Yeah. Um, and and, to, and not just to be like, oh, I'm working on this with you because you're my son, but to actually make a meaningful contribution to what you're doing oh yeah and uh so that to me that's that's why i wanted to start the podcast that's why i approached you to like hey let's start a podcast was because it it seemed like something where i can really contribute and i can do this with you and we can work on it together which is just a great opportunity and Um, it was a brilliant idea i i don't remember quite how i reacted i was probably a little skeptical but (laughs) well you always are but (laughs) but the uh the thing that that i think I took away from the whole thing uh, and and what I've experienced since then is that collaborating with with more than one person uh, it just gets more and more difficult the more people you add to a situation like that well and, you know, and I have to say though that on the panel with me in Provincetown the other three people on the panel were doing these amazing projects where they were they were sort of community based and they were involving dozens if not hundreds of people and it was incredible, you know, and I, in a way, I felt like, oh, it's just me and one other person. But I think I had several people tell me later that that was important because that's where you can start if you're not the kind of person who's going to organize hundreds of people. Well, I think that the key word there is, is organize hundreds of people. Like in that situation, there's there's somebody who's kind of in charge. There's well, a director. True. It's not three people trying to figure out how they all fit together. That is true. Um, you yeah. know, what I, I've ran into recently trying to start kind of another side business um, and I was communicating with two other business owners and trying to get three extremely busy driven people who have their own things going on to work on a project together is just incredibly hard. It's, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly hard to coordinate those, those forces. And, uh, what ended up basically happening, I don't know if it's really going anywhere at this point or not. Um, one of the members of our kind of little group is, uh, probably going to go off on his own and kind of do his own thing. And I'm probably going to be working more with just the other member in a, a, a kind of a, a balanced relationship in terms of that project and we might bring in maybe like one more person as needed but it's probably going to be more as like an employee or as a contractor not as Mm -hmm. a full partner in the in the business no and i think that's a that's a good point i mean maybe the the best thing really is a one-on-one partnership with bringing in other people as needed and i i remember uh years ago i was working in a on a little publishing project with some people and there were three of us, and I would say overall it worked out well because we each had our own defined area that we were doing. But, you know, it, it does become a lot harder to make decisions when there's three people. Well, and just getting three people into the same room for a meeting when you all have other things going on right, right. is, I mean, it's, it's, it's what I found is that it was very easy for me to get FaceTime with, with one of the partners at a time. Yeah. But to get everybody into a room together was almost impossible. <laughs> well, and even you and I have trouble finding time to make yeah, these exactly. recordings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we kind of got to like shoehorn an hour in here or there and figure it out. But Yeah. And, you know, I think in terms of a lot of people that are interested in collaboration, it does have to do with an with an art-related activity. Mine are kind of peripheral. I mean, there's a podcast, the co-teaching and squeegee press. They all are, 
concerned with art. You'll have something in common. Right. But it's not that we're necessarily doing art together. <laughs> we're not. So uh, I think that's another really interesting area and probably one a lot of our listeners would be interested in hearing about. So one of the people on the um, uh, panel with me in Provincetown is Joanna Kidney. And I did a podcast with her early on. So if you want to listen to that, um, you can go back and see that one. But she collaborates particularly with one other artist who's very, I also interviewed Michael Geddes. So Michael Geddes is very um, precise in his work and Joanna's a little looser, but they've had a collaborative drawing project going on for years where they they pass the drawing, physically pass the drawings back and forth and occasionally actually work together in the same room. And I find that really interesting. I think um, when you do that as an artist, you you put yourself in the other person's mind a little bit you know you see from their perspective yeah and you have to give up control over your work which to me seems like a huge challenge huge huge i mean i I can just imagine trying to hand over something that i've worked to somebody else and watch them (laughs) mess with it you know it's right and and lisa and i talked about this a little bit in a couple podcasts ago too because we we worked in front of students on a couple of paintings that she said when when it came to her she had to try to see it through my eyes and I had to see it through her eyes and we are very different in the way we work. And so off and on over the years, I've had a few of these little ones. Jerry and I did this once uh, when we were co-teaching. We we did a couple of collaborative paintings in front of the students and it's it's really interesting and challenging. And I, and the, but those are kind of just quick little things that I've ever been involved in. But to do a really elaborate, ongoing collaboration and it's very interesting. And I have not done it myself, but, you know, I know of very artists, various artists that do it. So I can't really speak about that process. But as you said, I imagine the challenge of, uh, well, all the challenges of collaboration would come in. The, the need to let go, the need to say, let's try it your way. Um, and to be flexible, to be honest, to say this is working or this isn't working. Um, to push someone and to let yourself be pushed. All those things are part of any collaboration. But yeah. to, see, to see it happen visually, I think, would be very interesting. Yeah, the the only artwork that I've worked on collaborative, co- collaboratively with people, I think, was a, a mural in high school. Uh-huh. And that was an interesting an interesting experience. Um, but uh, I, I can't say that I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it to me, uh, uh, the mural kind of fell into this category of art by committee, you know, right. <laughs> which which doesn't tend to be very well. And again, good. it gets back to if you and one other person had been doing the mural, you know, maybe it yeah, exactly. Been. And it's it's trying to coordinate all these different people on a creative project. Uh, the idea of say directing a movie to me just seems. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. Yeah, how, how they achieve an artistic vision by coordinating that many people on a single project. And I think I think people become very compartmentalized in a big project. This is your job. You're doing this part. And and I think again, as you pointed out um, earlier, there when I was talking about these big collaborative projects, there is kind of one person who's probably yeah most. Although no, one of them at least had a had a partner that was equal partner but there's one or two people that are kind of in charge and and so they're delegating i suppose and so the other people have to be willing to you know work under them basically and 
not, that would, I mean, I know. Well, and that's a, a that's an interesting dynamic in a creative space. It is. You know, you have to have the ability to work creatively. Yes. And you can't really do that just by following somebody else's directions. Right. So the structure has to be, you know, the whoever's in charge, whether it's one or two or even more people, they have to know, they have to get people in on the project that they totally respect their abilities and vision. And beyond that, I don't know how it works. I mean, it sounds so complicated. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did do some, uh, uh, what are they called? Uh uh, screen boards or whatever for uh, a movie project that I don't believe ever got made. Oh, right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. And, and that was, that was frustrating for me because uh. trying to do drawings to somebody else's specifications and it, I'm, I got the kind of the general make the characters look consistent so you can tell who's who and make make the mm-hmm. drawing quality, uh, get the, the perspective right and everything, all the kind of the technical things. Yeah. Um, but the what really uh it really bothered me uh to have to redraw frames yeah you know because something oh i just don't like the way this looks or something you know <laughs> and and so that so this is uh, this was a, a a creative challenge that personally i don't think i i really was able to overcome yeah um, so you you were you were making storyboards right yeah for, storyboards yeah for someone who wanted to film and and that person was clearly in charge they were more or less hiring you yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah. and i i didn't really like having somebody else be in charge of my creative process but <laughs> right. at, at the end i'm trying to bring about their vision yeah and it's it's and there, something that you have to respect but at the same time it was it was very difficult mm-hmm. for me to and i think our artists find themselves in that position where they're kind of they're for hire you know they're doing a a, a commission or doing something to someone else's specifications and it's it's some people are fine with that and some people really have trouble with it so and it's not i mean i think all that stuff it falls into a different category from collaboration it's not exactly collaboration but yeah. it's, it's interesting too it's kind of related and it's um you're bringing your creativity to something that you may or may not be entirely comfortable with so. yeah it's all about trying to blend your creativity with somebody else's mm-hmm. in a way that produces something different from what either one of you could produce on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think all those things provide you with learning opportunities, whether you're equal partners with someone or whether you're sort of helping someone or working with someone, you can learn a lot about where your own boundaries are or how, how to approach people when you want to change something or do something different. And it's, um you know, I'm still learning and I can, I can still say things to people that, I feel like, well, that wasn't quite right what I said. I, it's not quite what I meant or something. <laughs> Maybe it, it came out wrong. And you, you're just so intent on getting your your ideas in place. So another thing that I think we've kind of talked about before outside of the podcast is uh, the importance of thinking big in these circumstances. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Um, I th- And that's, that's really the gift of collaboration, I think, is that you – and I kind of mentioned this third entity, but you will you will go beyond your own thoughts and the other person's thoughts because when those thoughts come together, it grows. It yeah, grows. it's greater than the sum of its parts. Exactly. And I mean, like when we first started this podcast and you said, we're going to do it every week. And I said to myself, at least, and probably to you, how are we going to do that? How can we come up with something every week? 
And you thought, well, yeah, we will. You know, we just will. And it, it pushed me, challenged me to to think of topics and and to get out and interview other people as well. Yeah, interviewing other people helps. But also, I mean, you have this whole uh, – uh, you've been doing a blog for for years, right? Yeah. And there's all of this content in the blog that can be brought to the podcast. There's all of these interactions that you have with other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, it's – it's uh, the the amount of ground that there is to cover on this podcast is is limitless. Yeah. You know? Well, and that see that's the vision that I needed to think, oh, okay, well, I guess it can work whereas I had limits around what I thought it could be. Well, and I think a a, a good way to approach life is to always think big. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think big, if you dream big, then you achieve big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think partners in a collaboration definitely push each other or they should be pushing each other Uh, another example with the co-teaching is my partner jan mason steves is really really expanding her vision of where workshops can be and she loves researching places that are really out of the way and things places you could only dream of visiting you think like mongolia's one you know (laughs) um and she researches, well, how could this work? And I love that, and she loves it. And it's it's very expanding. Um, co-teaching with Jerry is also expanding for me because he has a background in adult education, which, you know, I don't have a formal uh, background in that, although I've taught college. But even there, there's no, I had no training for that. I just was winging it. And so to work with somebody who can be very organized and, um, follow an agenda that comes up with a, a, a quantifiable result, really, what he's asking of people and and having them set goals and things. It's different than the way I teach, and I, I can really see the value. And when I listen to him teach beginners, he's very, very clear about things. And I know that my own interactions with beginners, I might assume too much. I might assume they know something that they don't. And so these are things I've learned from him. And I think he would say he's learned from me as well. And so it's it just, it's so interesting to embark on that sort of a project with someone because you get better. You both get better. Well, I think that that's always the goal of collaboration is is that you improve yourself, you improve your work. Mm-hmm. And like we've touched on, you produce something that neither one of you could produce on your own. Yeah. And that's, that's the true beauty of it. It really is. And, and it, and, and the other thing is I think when you start a collaboration and you kind of touched on this, you don't know where it's going. I mean, you start something and you keep at it and you keep at it and it starts. You just to got to be open to wherever it's headed. <laughs> I mean, when I think about how Squeegee Press started with this idea of a book and it wasn't that elaborate of a book when we first thought of it, it was, we was going to do like print on demand, you know, some very rather small, modest project probably. And within a year we were, oh, okay, this is much bigger. And now it's grown and grown and we've got special tools that we're doing and we've got a video and the different things coming up that it's just this uh, energy of the collaboration is really moving ahead. All right. Well, I think that that kind of puts a bow on this whole topic. (laughs) Um, So that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both myself and Rebecca Kroll. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com 
and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks a lot.